0: Greetings, listeners, and welcome to your midweek edition of Out of the Darkness. I'm your host, Angela, and as always, thank you for joining me. In our first episode of Out of the Darkness, we had a look at some various creepy tales from Reddit. When you're a paranormal investigator, you do a fair amount of researching of weird, creepy stories, so I've got quite the stash. I thought I'd share some more with you today for this midweek edition first though a huge thank you to our supporters it's truly amazing and it makes our podcast and other work possible a very special shout out to Alison who's our first supporter on buy me a coffee buymeacoffee.com is a virtual tip jar so thank you Alison we really appreciate it and now on with today's episode sit back relax and prepare to hear some creepy tales I was out in the town centre in a place called Blackpool in the UK. Now this is a seaside town and on this particular day it was quite busy. I was watching some street entertainers along with a small group of other day trippers. There were say around 25 people all stood in a circle around the entertainer. I was looking at the faces of the other folk, watching the smiles and laughter. Suddenly, I was drawn to a feeling that I was being scrutinised intensely. There were three seemingly young kids, staring intently. Looking at their faces, they were all staring back at me. I got this awful feeling of impending doom. Something really evil was going to happen. That type of feeling. This feeling, I presume, doesn't happen very often to most, if ever. Their eyes were all black, like out of some kind of horror movie. I had to bail. No way could I stand there any more. I said to my friend who was also watching the entertainer that I was off. I chatted to him as I really thought he must have felt and seen what I had. He had not seen them, or at least claimed he never did. I have no reason to doubt him. Now, during my life, I've had lots of supernatural events, or at least what I class as supernatural. These kids, though, really freaked me out so much, so I'm riding this five years on, to this day that feeling somehow is connected to those kids when i read about the odd story about this phenomena it sort of puts me in a better place as i know for sure that this is not an induced psychotic episode seriously this is real i got no idea as to where these entities originate nor what they want to be frank if i ever did speak to folk about this i reckon the majority will call bs nonetheless i can assure you these are real Furthermore, I reckon that anyone who does catch a stare of these entities will likely get onto this ambience that they can direct towards a person. I once had an encounter with what may have been black-eyed children. I live in a small town in West Scotland. One night, maybe five years ago, I took my dog out for a short walk. It was around 10.30 or 11 on a cold, wet November night at the end of my street about 100 yards from my house there is a small patch of grass my dog was sniffing around and i wasn't really paying attention so didn't see where they came from i remember turning and seeing two young boys walking in the middle of the road about 10 feet from where i was standing i thought they were too young to be walking around at that time of night and i had never seen them before all of the kids in my area played together and i knew most of them Both of the boys had no jackets or jumpers, wearing only a t-shirt on a freezing night in the middle of winter. This was all weird, but I would have dismissed it had the larger of the two boys not started speaking. That's a nice dog, he said. His accent was definitely not Scottish. It sounded almost Liverpool, but not quite. His speech had a weird stop-start nature and was fast and loud. The smaller one didn't say anything but both were looking at me as they were walking past. To be honest, I can't say for sure if their eyes were all black because it was night, but they were very, very dark. As soon as the boy started to speak, I felt a sense of dread. I didn't or couldn't answer him as he asked more questions in rapid succession. I remember, what kind of dog is that and how old is the dog? I'm not sure why, but I felt threatened. The same way you might feel when a fight is just about to break out. All I could do was stand between them and my dog as they passed. They never stopped walking. The dread feeling had grown quickly into terror. I couldn't understand it and still don't. I was genuinely scared of those two boys. I was at least 18 at this point. My dog was with me. There was plenty of street lighting. We were surrounded by houses on all sides with my being only 100 yards away. But I couldn't even speak to them. There was something so very unnatural about the whole situation my instincts told me not to engage with them i watched them walk by and up the small hill going in the other direction from my street after they were out of sight i walked quickly back to the house with my dog at my side you may be wondering if i forgot to add the part where my dog started to growl at the spooky kids but she took no notice of them at all for my dog who is a little terrier this is actually even stranger In her old age, she has calmed down, but at that point she would growl, bark and leap towards anything living that caught her eye, especially other dogs and kids. The whole encounter lasted maybe one or two minutes, and the whole time she just sniffed around the grass. I don't know if this was a black-eyed children encounter, or if I was just spooked by the weirdness of the situation, but I can honestly say I've never felt anything like that before. Something inside me told me that what i was seeing and hearing wasn't right and there was something very wrong with those kids a few months after the encounter i'd largely forgotten about it and i saw a youtube video about the black-eyed children and i remember how freaked out i'd been that night i'm not a big believer in the supernatural i am sure that there are lots of things that we think are weird and creepy but have a perfectly normal explanation however i will never forget this experience I thought about it tonight and decided to see if people were still talking about the black-eyed children and wanted to share my experience. I just wanted to add that all of this really happened. I'm not claiming anything supernatural. I just want to make it clear this isn't a story. I really saw those two boys and they spoke to me. I still live at the same address and recognize most of the kids in the area and I have never seen those boys again. I don't believe in haunted dolls or supernatural things, this is just a fun story from my childhood. All my life I had episodes of sleep paralysis, sleep talking, sleepwalking, and insomnia. Someone, no one remembers who, gave my mum a doll. It was just a simple plastic baby doll, not even one of the creepy ones. It had this wool, crocheted pyjamas, hat and socks. We lived with our grandma, so I was used to creepy porcelain dolls and never saw movies like Annabelle anyway, so dolls for me were just toys. Growing up, I was always scared of this doll and never wanted to play with it, so my mum kept it. Around seven or eight years old, I started experiencing sleep paralysis, where this doll moved, crawled towards me and started choking me while laughing evilly. It choked me almost until I passed out. And then crawled back to where it was before. I usually woke up right after, but the awful thing was I never felt when I woke up. So it was like I was already awake and everything was really happening. It felt so real and was so frequent, I started having trouble sleeping. Even if we moved the doll to another room, I experienced it open the door and choked me anyway, then crawl back to the other room and close the door. It went on until my mum just put the doll in a box, closed, taped it and hid it in the garage. We still have the doll to this day, almost 20 years later, in the garage, a different house, and I'm still not able to be in the same house or touch it with my bare hands. I never dreamt of it again though. A story from my work in a Western Australian mine. A few years ago, I was on night duty. I was due for a break so I exited my dozer and was walking to the light vehicle parked perhaps 30 metres away under the light. As I reached the light vehicle, I heard what sounded like a sharp whistle someone would use to get your attention. I turned to face the direction of the whistle and was met with a full face of road cone. I was working alone with no chance it was a workmate because the tip head I was at was a long way from any other workers and additionally located... At the end of a road that has only one way in and one way out. There is no way I would not know if someone entered my area. Additionally the road cone itself weighs at least a few kilos and to throw one would require a maximum distance of about 10 meters max. I was like 30 meters away from my dozer which was the direction the road cone came from which was also fully illuminated. Hurt too. I had a split lip and bruising on my cheekbone. This is a bit of a long one but I promise it's worth the read. I was loading whole trucks with a front end loader from a stockpile and had a lighting trailer situated about 70 metres away, providing additional light. I only had two trucks assigned to me which meant about 10 to 15 minutes break before they returned. I was using this time to just move material around to make loading easier. The lighting tower suddenly shut off. I assumed it shut down perhaps due to low oil or it ran out of fuel. So I drove my loader over towards it with the intention of getting out and checking fluid levels etc. I pulled up alongside the lighting trailer with my ladder in line and put the bucket on the ground. I exited the cab and as I was walking to the rear of the machine I caught some movement on the other side of the trailer. I stopped and looked, expecting there might be a dingo. It's not uncommon for dingoes to come quite close. A lot of miners feed them here and some of them will come while we're walking around. The fact is they are wild so I remained up on the loader walkway while trying to get a look at where it might be when I saw the movement. Slowly I came to realise that I could see something that was no dingo crouching behind the lighting trailer. It was what seemed to have two arms and legs, but was only about four foot tall, and really really black like it absorbed the dark, and as such was slightly darker than the darkness of the night. This thing kept doing that peek around the trailer, then any time I would shine my torch at it to get a better look, it would duck its head and hide, and was continuing to do this every 20 seconds or so. And man, did that thing stink. I remained trying to figure out what the hell this thing was, but I only had a side lead ladder light and some overspill light from the forward facing lights for help. So after a few minutes I decided to get back in the loader and drive around the trailer to see what this was. I did not break my sight line as I returned to the cab, raised the ladder and bucket and started to move forward. I proceeded just above idle and fully turned left which would swing my loader around and end up pointing straight down the far side of the trailer where this thing was hiding. As my light started to swing around all of a sudden This thing broke cover and just booked it out of there at incredible speed. There was about a 100 metres of open ground before there was a window of about 3 metres high and beyond that desert scrub. This thing covered that distance, negotiated the windrow and booked it into the bush in probably about 4 seconds. Its path was directly across my front load of lights, so I got a pretty solid look at it. But it was exactly as above in that it was like a solid shadow but a bit darker than the night time what was particularly noteworthy was it moved from running on two legs to running on four it was very weird to see something do that unknown to me at the time but as i got back into the cab and was moving to get the lighting tower the first trucker in my run had entered the stockpile and saw whatever it was bolting across the flat we both have no idea what it was I did not investigate the lighting trailer, and just loaded the trucks in the dark for the rest of the shift. So my mum told me of this time when she was about 15 or 16, and her and her friends at the time loved to try creepy stuff out to entertain themselves. One night my mum and her friends played light as a feather, stiff as a board, with seven people. One person laid down while the other six sat around her with only two fingers of each person under the girl. One of the girls had to make up a story about how the girl lying down dies. They used past tense just in case, and then they had to chant a certain phrase. I think it was something like light as a feather, stiff as a board, while lifting the girl. My mum said it worked and they lifted their friend at least five inches off the ground. It scared the girls shitless because the girl being lifted said it felt like she was paralysed and couldn't breathe. They all ended up freaked out and dropped her. After they played that, they decided it was a great idea to play with a homemade Ouija board. My mum refused to tell me what the board ended up saying. But she said as soon as the activity on the board started the rocking chair in the living room would not stop rocking She even went over and physically stopped it and as soon as she let go it started again She told me she was so scared. She ended up throwing the chair outside and smashing it Quite a few years back. I had met one of my now really good friends on the internet I am in Alabama and she is in Washington state During some of the first few months of our friendship, we started discussing paranormal things and whether we believed in them or not. We were young teens, around 15 or so if I remember correctly. Being that age, we hardly took anything seriously, so we brought up the topic of Robert the Doll, discussed his origins and then started poking fun at him. We'd make remarks about it being comical seeing him run around through the windows, if you were a neighbour. How scared we'd be even if he was locked in the attic. I believe that's where they said he was, put one time. It's been a really long time since I've researched him, but he was a fresh study on my mind at the time and how his footsteps would have thrown us into sheer panic. However, as teens do, we kept laughing about him and making comments about how we'd stop him if he haunted us and such. All of a sudden, my phone started messing up. We were texting all of this back and forth and my screen started blanking out her texts. Right as I was typing my text to tell her I wasn't able to see her messages, a message from her actually came through, saying that her phone was messing up. I cannot remember what her phone did, but I do know we were very frightened and immediately apologized to Robert. It honestly seems crazy, him being in Florida and us being in two completely different states, but to this day, and according to her, every six months when I bring it up again. I really feel like Robert didn't take too kindly to our teenage stupidity and interfered with our phones at the same time as a warning to stop. And we did. So I saw something not quite human. Although I wasn't alone, my high school friend saw it too. We were driving to my house along a dark road, high beams on. As we turned into the road and rolled along, I saw something crouched in the centre of the road. I thought it was a very large kangaroo. I said to my friend, hey look, it's a... and then froze, as we ground to a halt, engine softly purring, about 10 to 15 feet away. My friend looked up and I watched the colour drain from her face, just like mine had already done. My hands were firmly on the steering wheel, and she kept repeating what is that, what is that. The creature was hunched over on all fours, Naked, pale skin, ribs visible. It was at least six to seven feet tall. A big mouth with really strange, unsettling teeth. Like eight teeth, but kind of sharp and the faintest big human. It just stared at us, perfectly framed in the headlights of my car. Its eyes were black and sunken into its head. The nose just two holes was quite possibly the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. After what felt like five minutes, I said, well, what do we do? And I inched the car forward. I figured I'd rather keep it in our sights than turn around with our back to it. So we just rolled forward, and the creature walked on all fours to the side of the road, letting us by, but its face firmly fixed on our car. Not just the car, but us inside. It was kind of like letting us go slightly around it, We got sight on, and it started to move quickly into the bush. The closest it came was maybe about five feet. We raced home, screaming and frantic, and burst in the door and told my parents what we had seen, but they didn't believe us. They thought we were stoned, but we hadn't had a single puff or anything. They said it must have been a kangaroo. It wasn't. I remember it clear as day. Today I was watching a show about mysteries on Netflix, and it all came rushing back. I still have that friend on Snapchat, but we've grown apart. I messaged her about what we saw and I was hoping she would say, um, no, that must have been a dream, but she didn't. She word for word recounted everything. When she mentioned it was crouched in the middle of the road, I got a faint feeling of pins and needles and almost vomited. Please, someone tell me they've seen something like this. This was in McLaren Vale, South Australia. I'll never forget it. Neither will my friend. My sister saw a tall creature with backward knees. We live in the Northern Territory, Australia. Yesterday, my sister told me she saw something in the yard. She lives on a huge rural block, and it was about 6.15. The sun was still up, and she was cooking for her family. They were all outside playing, and she doesn't know what made her look up, but in the bushes, she saw a long-legged creature. Its knees were bent backwards. It was brown in colour, and with almost like a hunchback. She described the skin as leather looking. It ran to another bush and she said it was fast. She almost got the vibe that it was cheeky and was trying to play hide and seek with her. She didn't alert her family but she suddenly found herself inside the house for no reason. She remembers walking inside but was kind of like why am I in here? As she turned and went back outside the creature was gone. She didn't see its face or head but said it was definitely taller than a grown man. Has anyone else experienced anything like this or heard of anything similar? My best friend Meredith and I run a community theater. This year I was appearing in a play alongside a man with whom I had never worked before. My character was a mystic. And because i was also costuming this production i was on the hunt for interesting jewelry that i could wear on stage joshua mentioned an appropriate ring that he owned it was perfect i slipped it on my finger and had been wearing it for some time before he mentioned his history with it it was a remnant from his days dabbling in the occult and he admitted to using it ritualistically i immediately took it off and set it aside but tried to laugh along Joshua left that day for a pre-approved vacation without taking it home. I spoke with Meredith about it and we tried to laugh it off as we cleaned up for the night. But we're superstitious theatre people, so it made our skin crawl. In any case, I was headed out and she stayed behind to catch up on some production work. Two hours later, I got a phone call from her in tears. She had been sitting on stage when an enormously tall black shadow walked across the back of the house. It towered larger than any human being and filled her with such overwhelming dread that she had left through the back door, locked up and immediately picked up the phone to call me. When we returned the next day, the building simply felt heavy. Stepping outside was enough to chase the sensation away, but it always returned the second you passed through the doors. Actors fought quite a bit that week over forgotten lines and missed blocking. A sofa set piece broke when an actress lay on the arm. Said arm had been held on with jagged nails and she nearly pricked herself on them. People who had overheard Joshua talking about the ring started to blame it. Toward the end of the week Meredith and I were sitting outside the building, too nervous to stay there too late. Through a window we both saw a shadow block out the light before moving out of view. She asked me if I had seen it and I said that I had. I walked her home that night. The next day, we dug some religious candles out of props and surrounded the ring with them. While it did not ease the oppressiveness of the space, we never saw anything else. Joshua returned and I approached him. I told him some people had heard about the ring's story and that it would probably be best if he just took it home since it had everyone on edge, and he did. Meredith and I stayed late after he went home that night and for the first time in days we could breathe the theatre felt light again. Nothing like this had happened since. Now I still look back on this week with a grain of salt. I wonder if knowing The ring story made us uneasy, and we all fed into our own mass hysteria and natural theatre stress until it bubbled out of control. I don't know, but next time someone offers to bring me jewellery, I'll be sure to ask them how they came to own it first. And that's our episode for today. As always, the team at DNA Paranormal thanks you for joining us. If you would like to support our podcast, you can visit us at buymeacoffee.com or visit our store on Facebook at DNA Paranormal Service. All the links are below in the notes for this show. If you have a paranormal experience of your own that you would like to share with us for our listener story episodes, You can do so at service at gmail.com. Again, the contact links are in the notes for this show. Our next episode will be available on Saturday. It will be a full-length edition and will feature an in-depth look at haunted dolls. So stay tuned for that where I'll talk about um, some famous dolls that are haunted and I'll also share with you our very own Violet who currently resides in my closet Uh, you can listen to us on spotify as well as many other of your favorite podcast platforms this podcast was made possible by anchor fm the platform designed to give you everything you need to make a podcast from your phone as always thanks for joining us and until next time stay safe